Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. Uh, happy to be back for another episode. We're going to talk a little, little hoops today, uh, even though it's game week for football. Some scheduling news came out for basketball that I know everybody had been uh, waiting on. Yeah, and, you know, we're going to talk, like we said, we're going to talk about basketball as we move throughout football season because obviously they're going to overlap at some point as we're now, Derek, I believe six weeks away from Big Blue Madness, if I'm not mistaken. Well, see, it'll be six weeks this Friday. Uh, oh, wow. but it, it's coming up pretty quickly uh, here as well with football set to kick off on Saturday. But UK did release the non-conference schedule. And before we really dive into – the Michigan game and Notre Dame at South Bend and things like that. I want to talk about the biggest news of the non-conference schedule. It's not the the biggest game or anything, but I thought it was a, a step in the right direction where I feel like John Calipari this offseason is really, to me, I'm trying to look for the word here, maybe more in touch with the fan base, with the way that he's added the transfer portal and experienced roster and and then bringing Tubby Smith back to me. And I know some fans, you still have them in comments that say that he won it with Rick Patino's players and all this stuff, Derek. But it's long overdue for Tubby Smith to return to Rupp Arena. And I think that we have no idea what's going to come of that that night, what all Kentucky is going to do that week. But I think it ends with Tubby Smith's name in the rafters at Rupp Arena. What a ridiculous thing to say, right? That Tubby Smith, a coach who won a national championship at UK, is not deserving of having a jersey in the rafters. Yeah. At Rupp Arena. It's just totally ludicrous. I try to like toe a line and like in sports conversations, like try to hear out all sides. If you're someone who comes down on the, oh, well, he went at Rick Patino's player, so it doesn't count. Like it's a, quite frankly, a stupid take. And it's like yeah. just flat out wrong. Uh, first of all, people who have listened to this podcast, either from the start or during basketball season, I've said over and over how I think. March Madness, I think the NCAA tournament is one of the greatest events in sports, but it's also a terrible way probably to determine the best overall champ. And I'm 27, so I was four years old when the 1998 team won the national title, so I have no recollection at all of that. But, Sean, you go back and look at these names. I was thinking about it yesterday. How many teams that Cal has had that did not win the title do you think overall were more talented than that 1998 team? I thought at least five. Yeah, there, there's five. There, there's at five. Least. Yeah. So, one, yes, that team had a lot of experience. They had guys that had been involved with other deep – obviously, they'd won a title, had the guys who came very close to going back-to-back. Back. With how difficult it is, I feel like Kentucky fans more than anybody should realize that just having the best team doesn't always mean you're going to win it. And, um, yeah, maybe Rick Pitino recruited all those players, but to go and win six straight games – um, the coaching job he did against Coach K and the Elite Eight, I mean, it's quite frankly, I think, one of the worst takes you could have being a UK fan if you don't think that Tubby Smith deserves to have his rap, his, his jersey in the Raptors. And I'm with you. Like, it's ridiculous that it's been, what, 23 years now since yeah. they won it. I get it. Like, you know, we probably wouldn't hang it up while he was still coaching here, but he's been gone since 2007. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know what the holdup is. Hopefully that gets corrected this fall when they come to visit. Uh, but that was my little rant I wanted to get off my chest because yeah. that was like a pretty hotly debated topic yesterday on Twitter, which stunned me that so many people truly believe that like he 
if winning a national championship as a head coach at UK doesn't qualify you to be in the Raptors, like what does? I mean, we're not talking about the Naismith Hall of Fame here. Like we're talking about <laughs> having a jersey up in the arena. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's it, it's long overdue. It's it's been long overdue, and you wanted to do it too, Derek. With and with a with him coaching somewhere, I think that that means even more as well. He gets to bring his his alma mater into Rupp Arena. A, a place that's special coming to a place that's special to him. I think it's the perfect scenario for him. And I, at, it, from my knowledge, it, I don't know if he's been in Rupp Arena since, has he? Maybe – was he at Bill Cotley's? I don't know if you remember mm, no. that or not. But I, I'm trying to – I think he was, but I know also, for a game. Like I, going back to what I said, I know I know that, like, there has to be a certain time pass as well um, before you can even get your name. And the Raptors, uh, I know Mark Story had talked about it. Like, I think you have to wait at least 10 years. But, you know, that would have been, what, 2017? We're still talking about going on five years since that happened. And he's already in the Hall of Fame, in the U.K. Hall of Fame. He got inducted into that in 2013. So, do you, do you think that they're going to do that this fall? Is that your anticipation? It, it is. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it has to be. I think a lot of his former players will be there that night. Mm-hmm. I mean – it makes sense and honor him in another way too. do something else. We, we don't know exactly what they're going to do, but Derek, when you're, you're looking at this, like Adolph Rupp is the guy right in this program. He won four national championships. Even if John Calipari wins two, he's still not Adolph Rupp when it comes to championships, but everyone else that's won a title, they only won one. He should be grouped into that same category. Yeah. He only made one final four. He had some really good teams though. My childhood is Tubby Smith. Yeah, that 1998 run was the first run that I really felt and knew what it actually meant to follow this program being from this state. And I remember pacing the driveway as a little kid when Kentucky was playing Duke in the NCAA tournament. And what he did in that game where he did not call a timeout after Coach K used his final one was one of the greatest coaching moves I've ever seen. He refused to call a timeout, even if some things were going wrong for him. That was – he was a really good coach, Derek, that the expectations of the program not getting to a Final Four, I I still think he had teams there 2003, 2004 that were good enough to win a national championship, but it's the just the luck of the draw and the way the ball bounces. The same thing can be said for Cal. Well, you know, I'm, I'm with you. Like I said, I don't remember 98, but first team I really remember paying attention to was probably 03 when they lost to Marquette. And then I followed, you know, the next five years after. And I'm not going to get up here and stand on the table and pound my fist and say that, you know, honestly, out of all the national championship winning coaches at UK, he might have had, like, what you would determine, like, the worst resume, which is ludicrous to say because they made the NCAA tournament every year. He won 76% of his games, won 75% of his conference games. Like, he was great by any measure. I think something that – Yes, the program had fallen off. I don't think there's any doubt. You could argue for sure, though, that that pace that they were on in the mid-90s was not going to be sustainable. Like No team was going to be able to just keep up with what Rick was doing. Won the title that first year. You know, got back to the second weekend, what, something like six times? Yeah. Five, six times. You know, didn't quite get back to that Final Four. And I know that at Kentucky, that's what you're kind of built on, and that's how you're going to be remembered. And, I mean, Cal – being, you know, winning a title, being the four Final Four so far, who knows if he can add some more. Like, his tenure, I, you know, I would say, Sean, it's been better, but 
they've also had two years where they didn't make the tournament. They just had the yeah. year last year, one of the worst years in school history. And I think there's something to be said that, yes, people maybe didn't love how the Tubby tenure ended. The program was not a train wreck when they he left. left. If they made a good hire instead of Billy G, they could have just kept right on going. And he could have kept that tournament run going for a long time. I know Billy G yeah. made the tournament his first year, barely, and then didn't make it the second year. But I think there's something to be said. Just look around the country in football and basketball, how many times a coach leaves just a program in absolute shambles. Like, Tubby didn't do that. I get it. He didn't want as much to satisfy people. By the time he left, it was probably time. Yeah. Um, but it's been a long time now since he's been gone. Yes. I think every requirement that needs to be met to to have a jersey up in the rafters has certainly been met by him. And I think time is enough time has passed that uh, I, I would be pretty disappointed if they didn't do that this fall. Yeah, I just think it's coming. I think it makes sense. It's uh, going to be on December 31st, so New Year's Eve at Rupp Arena. We obviously don't have game times TV for all those games, Derek, but that that could be a really cool week leading up to to that game. And obviously, I'm sure Tubby would be made available to UK media. I, I fully expect that. It, that's something that I'm looking forward to uh, when it comes to the schedule. But let's dive into the rest of this thing. It, it's just the non-conference slate. We don't have the SEC layout yet when it comes to what the dates are, times, TV designations, everything like that. We do know Kentucky's going to open the season officially versus Duke at Madison Square Garden after two exhibition games that – they need they they need those two exhibition games. We saw how important those were last year when they didn't get to have them. But when you get into this non-conference schedule, Derek, if you're a season ticket holder at Rupp Arena, you're probably not very happy with the slate of games. Outside of Louisville on December 22nd, which we'll get into because it's on a Wednesday night, there's not a whole lot to get excited about in the non-conference schedule at home. I get it, though, because the neutral site and away stuff, it, it's brutal. I mean, you just got Buku Zamani, it doesn't matter. Then, like, I guess you don't really care. But me, in general, as a sports writer who has to cover the team, like, none of these games get me excited <laughs> about going. And I get it. Like, you know, you don't want to have to play 30 straight brutal games. I totally get that. Every team's going to have cupcakes on there. Um, but it, it is a, a sharp change, even from the early days of Cal. You had years North Carolina came in here. Yeah. Um, Indiana. <laughs> Indiana came in. I mean, they've really dismantled the schedule. And any game that is worth seeing is, is basically away until conference or not not necessarily, you know, on a neutral court, not at non Lexington. So I'm trying to say, you know, and if you're paying for season tickets, you're paying for the SEC slate these days. And thank God are. that the SEC actually cares about basketball now. And uh, <laughs> you get some good teams that come in here. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. In Louisville, Louisville on a Wednesday night, which is it's really weird to see that. I think uh, the last time was Fox and Monk's year was the last time it was played on a Wednesday night, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but I, I, I like a. I mean, I'm not a fan of the Wednesday night because I think that that game's such a big time atmosphere that they're really missing out on putting that somewhere. I've seen some people say as a lead up to Super Bowl Sunday, or something like that. I, I think that they could do something really cool with that matchup, but it's better than a Friday afternoon at noon or something like that. I'd in the middle of the week. Not to sound like a hater, and I mean that is a cool idea. I, I don't blame people at all for wanting to try to do something to entice more. But on a large scale, outside of certain pockets of the country, college basketball is not all that popular. It's very popular here. I know Louisville's market is it's by far the best in the country, right? I think year in and year out, more people in Louisville no professional team. college basketball. Yeah. yeah, but in general, like, no, I mean it's it's it never hurts to try to uh, bring more attention to it. But I just don't think. Unless you're a huge college hoops fan in general, I don't, I don't think you care that much about when the little Kentucky game gets played. Regardless of where it's played, it's going to be huge in the state, and we oh, know yeah. that. Whether it's on a Wednesday, on a Sunday, play tomorrow, Monday, people you, pack that place. There's people that probably <laughs> want it to be played tomorrow, <laughs> but it's, it's it's a big game regardless. So that's December 22nd. But when you look at this thing on the non-conference slate, Michigan's missing. And we yeah, knew that the plan was supposed to be at Michigan when UK sent out prior releases, Derek, it was the first Saturday in December in Ann Arbor. And then next year was scheduled to be the game in London. And then Michigan with a return trip to Lexington two years from now, that game is not happening. And if you're going off reports and stuff yesterday, Michigan certainly makes it sound like Kentucky was the one that decided to not play that game this year. Yeah. I didn't read that story. I saw um the link to the story but i don't know that was a trip that we had talked about on here um wanting to go over there i've never been to ann arbor Uh, i think it'd be awesome obviously they're they're projected to be one of the top teams this year right i mean they had the best class in the country last year i believe yeah so that would have been a cool game to go to um that notre dame game is that's on their campus right it looks like yeah it is And that was going to be a neutral site game. And then next year at South Bend. So I guess no Michigan kind of shuffled that. That is a good run right here, though. I mean, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Louisville. Um, and then you get the high point game and then jump right into conference play before going back out again at the end of January to play Kansas. But uh, the biggest point, though, is, is you're right. Like last year's team really, really needed these kind of games. They didn't get them. This year's team will certainly benefit. Um, I'm not put two and two together, Sean. What's the crossover like with football here in November? Um, I haven't looked at schedule. it. I haven't looked at it. I know there's a lot of games there from November 16th on to the end of the month. It looks like there's five games. It seems like uh, most of November is Friday games at the end of the week for Kentucky. If I'm for basketball, right? I, th- I think I see three there. Am I wrong yeah. on that? We're, are we going to end up having that weekend where we're in Lexington with basketball, then we're in Vandy on Saturday? 
That ain't gonna be me. I'm picking one or the other. <laughs> I do them both. Uh, I did that one year, by the way. I did basketball at Rupp on Friday, football in Nashville oh, on Saturday, it. and back yeah. to Lexington for basketball yep. on Sunday. So it looks like um, after the Tennessee football game will be the Duke game a couple of days later. And then, yeah, you're right. The Vanderbilt football game is on November 13th, and there's a basketball game against Robert Morris. Revenge game, right? Or they've played since then, haven't they? They've played they since have. 2012 or 2013. So uh, that's part of the Kentucky Classic, obviously, which also has Mount St. Mary's in Ohio. Um, and then you have the Unity Series, which we talked about with the um, historically black college and universities. So Southern will play it this year. Sean Woods leading that program. So – there's definitely ties to the past, no doubt, on the schedule this year with him and then Tubby coming back and, of course, the big rivalry game. I mean, it is it is still – I mean, I know I was talking about – I mean, I don't think you can argue that the home slate sucks, but at the same time, I think you just kind of come to expect it. But with the storylines are plenty. I mean, Duke, you talk about Coach K. Last time he'll potentially – I mean, unless they play in the tournament, it'll be the last time he faces Kentucky. You have uh, Sean Woods coming back. You've got a game against Notre Dame that maybe isn't the most talked about, but, you know, you're coming off a loss against those guys. So, you'd like to win that one. Uh, Mike Bray is somewhat on the hot seat. He's been there a long time, and he's a good year. And then Ohio State, again, local connection with uh, Chris Holton there, and they beat Kentucky last time. Louisville beat Kentucky last I mean, hell, everybody on this list beat Kentucky last time they played, pretty much. So, uh, plenty, if you're a fan, to want to, you know, get that revenge or whatever. Yeah, and K- Kentucky and Duke hasn't played since uh, the massacre, right? Mm, man. I'll still say, and this is going to be popular on this podcast, I'll still say it was the most impressive college basketball performance I've ever seen, though, from a team. Yeah. It was really something to behold, honestly. I mean, it was – very few times I've gone to a college basketball game where I was like wowed by what I saw. Like <laughs> if you didn't get a chance or haven't yet to see Zion Williamson in person, like I'm not like a, I don't know if I'd even call myself a casual basketball fan these days. He is someone that is worth paying to go see play basketball or I don't know. I mean, he was in college. So I guess he missed that chance if he didn't get to do it, but uh, wasn't he though? Him. Wasn't he just something to, he I mean, was. I've never, I've never seen anything like it. If he would have played at UK, and I know he's at Duke, it was huge anyway. But like, he would have been a fan favorite for so many people had he played at Kentucky, I'm, maybe for the rest of their lives. I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that that was one of the top ten worst nights of my life, and it had nothing to do with the Duke, like just the loss in general. It was just well, one, it we didn't get out of there to what? <laughs> I mean, it was three a.m. I think when I got in the car or in an Uber. Went to a Taco Bell. Did I ever tell you this story? Uh, went, I don't know. Went to a Taco Bell. It took me 45 minutes to get through the drive-thru because so many people were there. Nothing was open. I get my burrito. I get back to we, – we actually oh, – yeah, told me this story. Yeah, and yeah, knocked it in the floor and ended up actually staining the rug of the Airbnb. So, not a very good not a very good night for me. And then I finally fell asleep at 5, five o'clock, and then I had to do Leach's, Tom Leach's show by like <laughs> – 8 a.m. the next morning <laughs> so horrible experience hoping that new york provides a better one Derek. Uh, that's the non-conference slate I, I will let's let's wrap it up with this does kentucky match last season's win toll in the non-conference slate alone or surpass it so nine and 16 a year ago i, I see nine wins at least in the yeah, non-conference they'll, they'll, win, they'll win more games in non-conference than what yep. they won all last season yep so uh that's good news Unless yeah. they 
Well, bar, the, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what we've uh, we've transitioned to after last season. But no, we just want to hop on here and record that and just discuss the schedule, discuss some of the takeaways from it. It's a normal schedule. That's what I'll say. Big Blue Madness, October 15th. Blue-White game, October 22nd. Two exhibitions, annual Champions Classic, and then all those games that John Calipari, I'm sure, is thankful for to kind of build team chemistry. Derek, they're going to need it. I mean, they got a bunch – I know they're experienced, but they got a bunch of new faces and new guys that they're going to try to blend together. They need those games. They do. Yeah, I mean – I don't know what kind of fight Kentucky Weston or Miles College is going to put up, but by that point, you know, they, these guys have been playing together for a while, and, you know, it's never easy to start your season with – so, I mean, I'm looking at this. Duke will be the first game of the year, right, because you play two exhibitions? Yeah. I, yeah, I can't I – where's Miles College? I, I have no idea. Those are certainly going to – Who are you? Those two, <laughs> those two opponents are certainly going to prepare them for Duke, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just about getting out there and – getting this group on the floor and letting them play and maybe figuring out some lineups and things like that, that kind of mesh together before you take on Duke in the champions classic, but we'll, we'll be here all season long. Uh, Derek football season. Now we're, we're moving to football season. We will still continue to talk basketball, be ready for mailbag episodes, some guest episodes coming this week. Uh, We're certainly looking forward to a big September. Thank you all so much for continuing to support Kentucky daily. We continue to have record-breaking months, and we can't wait to see what the future holds. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time.